what the gospel today says to us is to see things in a new way, to see through the eyes of faith, to see through the eyes of love, through the eyes of hope, to see this world in a different way. And if we were to look at the first reading, and not only today, but also yesterday, yesterday's reading from St. Paul's letter to Colossians, he tells us, he tells the community of faith of Colossians to look at the Lord in a different way, to see him in a light which most people do not grasp or see. He himself, he did not see. As you know, St. Paul was a Pharisee on the way to Damascus. He receives this extraordinary light, brightness of light, which blinds him. And then he hears that voice to Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And as we know the experience, who are you that I'm persecuting you would be St. Paul's response. And so he grasps that he, you know, the Lord speaks of him as he's Jesus, the one who is persecuting. St. Paul needed to see things from a different perspective. Yes, he was looking from a perspective of the Old Testament and with the, especially through the interpretation of Pharisaic ways of trying to make sure that everything was done in a proper way, but was very legalistic. So here it is, Paul is invited to see things in a new way. And then, as we know, not only that he experiences this great gift, but then he goes into the desert for a couple of years, begin to reflect and pray and contemplate this new, new disposition of God, seeing things through the eyes of faith, through seeing this world through the eyes of Jesus. He was given to him and he sees this new, new message, new gospel, and he has to look at his life and look at the things around him in a new way. So this is what we have, looking and seeing things in a new way. And as you know, St. Paul was med meditating on who is, who is this Jesus? And you know, in a letter to the Romans, just one, in one letter, he speaks of, of our Lord Jesus through the categories of 10 different, different concepts, different words, different description of who he is, different functions that he has. So what does he see in Jesus? Yes, he's the one who came, he's the Messiah, but he's also the savior. He's saving us, healing the deepest wounds of, of, of deepest, deepest wounds of, from our sin. He's our redeemer. He's, he's also our reconciliation, you know, between God and ourselves, within ourselves too. There's the, the sinful Adam and Eve, and there's also the, the new, new creature, new son and, son and daughter of God that Jesus invites us to. So he keeps on reflecting because he could not capture in Jesus the whole thing that he has done for us in one word. He had many, many words that he had to use. He's our justification because he justifies us because we have broken the law of God. He, he is our unification, he unites us with God. He's also our atonement, the atoning sacrifice. He's our expiatory sacrifice. He placed himself on behalf of us. So all those things that we have, and we can just, just keep on reflecting. He's our reconciliation, he's reconciled us. So, so St. Paul speaks of that, and today he continues by seeing this Jesus in a new light, and he speaks to us. He says, you once were alienated and hostile in the mind of, 
uh, in, the mind, in, your, in your mind because of evil deeds, but God has now reconciled you in the fleshly body of Christ through his death to present you holy without blemish and irreproachable before him, which God has taken us the way we were, broken by sin, sinful, with all the tendencies that we have, all the things that we drag us down. The Lord, through his death, he gave us new life. He made us holy. He made us without blemish, irreproachable before him. But we have to say, Lord, I'm not exactly too sure if I'm that holy. I'm not exactly too sure if I'm irreproachable. That's why we are here, because he continues to do so. It's not just a one-time gift. Just like a shower you have to take, a wash your body every day to stay, stay clean, to, to, to stay well. In the same way the Lord gives us, in that going way. He continues to pour forth his grace of, of freeing us from sin, from making us holy. And this is why we gather, you know, at, for the Eucharist. This is why we gather for prayers as a community of faith, so that we may receive more and more that which God gives us. That's why he brought and, and gave us his son, so that he may be the source of healing, strength, holiness, that he may truly be the, the one who brings brings us into that relationship with God. God. But, the Lord, but the Lord says to Saint, Saint Paul, he says, but you, God is giving you, but in order for you to keep on receiving these gifts, you have to persevere in faith, to persevere. Because if we don't persevere, if we are un unstable, we're not, you know, we're searching for something else, then what happens to us is we diminish the grace that he gives us. And so St. St. Paul says, provided that you persevere in faith, firmly grounded, stable, and not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, am a minister. I have brought these things to you. I'm giving you these gifts. And so on one level, we see, seeing with the new eyes, we see St. Paul seeing things in the new eyes, in the eyes of Christ our Savior, our Redeemer, the one who has reconciled us. We see everything through the prism of our Lord Jesus. We see, see this world through the eyes of Christ. And so this is that first invitation, St. Paul and for us. And now, as we can see how the Lord was teaching, you know, the Pharisees today in a gospel, but also he's teaching his, his disciples as well as he's teaching us. And so we see how the Lord has to explain to those who embraced the Old Testament and, and, and wanted to really live it out in a sort of legalistic way. And so we see this example of Jesus walking through, through his disciples, walking through the field of grain on Sabbath. His disciples were picking up the heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands and eating them. Okay, so what we have here is, is a scene where on the Sabbath, they're walking through the fields of grain. Perhaps they're walking too far because there was limits on where they can walk. But then again, they broke the law as the Pharisees would tell them, you know, they were harvesting because it was against the law to harvest on the Sabbath. It was also against the law to thrash the grain, uh, the, 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 the wheat, for example, on Sabbath and of course to, to, to make yourself a meal. And so those things, and so this is why Pharisees said to him, why are you doing what is unlawful on Sabbath? And Jesus said to them in reply, have you not read what David did when he and those who were with him were hungry? How he went into the house of God, took the bread of offering, 
which only the priest could lawfully eat, ate of it, and shared it with his companions. Okay, so what the Lord does is wants us to see, again, you know, those who, like Pharisees, were seeing it through the prism of the Old Testament, and not only just the Old Testament, but the way they were interpreting very strictly. And the Lord wants to have their eyes open. For the Pharisees, David was a very important person. Whatever, just like Abraham, David as well, he was the model of what they are to do. And then what the Lord says to them, look, look what your model has done. First of all, he is eating something. He's eating bread that comes from those, the, the offering of bread, which was given to the, to the, to the priests in, in the temple. And, and so, and he's eating something which they shouldn't, he should not, and his companion should not be eating. This was unlawful. And secondly, the Lord also tells them that, look, you know, David came, and you have to remember that the bread that was given to them not only came from the temple, but it was on the, on the, during the night, the priests were to bake this new bread, to change it during the, um, during the morning. And so the Lord says to, to, this, to, the, to, this, to the Pharisees as well, to the disciples and to us, look, the priests could bake which means they're working because they had to, for the service, for the service rendered to God, they had to bring a new bread. And so that, 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 the, uh, so that when David came, he was able to give him the, 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 the one from the week before, which was offered. And so, so they could eat, still was offered to God. Okay, so the Lord is teaching them, you know, that they have to see things from a different perspective. And, and not only that, but that they may not just see it, but really believe in their hearts to, to accept and believe. And, and so for us today too, on one hand, we see, you know, we want to observe, we want to be faithful to God. And we, be, we may actually desire, you know, to really live up our faith, but then we have to always be afraid. We have to be always concerned that we don't become legalists that we don't we become legalists because when it becomes legalist, then we're serving the law rather than God. And we are supposed to serve the Lord just like Jesus says today, the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Yes, there are rules for the Sabbath, but, but the Lord, the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath, which we are to always listen to him first, to love him, to see things through his eyes not only in a legalistic way. Obviously today we could say we went the other way. The Pharisees wanted to make sure that there was 39 things that people could not do on the Sabbath and all kinds of detailed way. And even today, if you ever go to the Holy Land, you know, there's what is called a Sabbath elevator, which means that, you know, uh, the Sabbath elevator is, is an elevator that goes every several five minutes or seven minutes, whatever it goes, it goes up and down. So on Sabbath, you see so many people, if you are in the Holy Land, you gotta wait for the Sabbath elevator to show, down, to show up and to go up, I mean, to, to come down and to go up. And there's many people because, because it goes on a regular basis, not when people need it, but according to uh, you know, preset, preset time because many of those who observe, you know, the law in Israel today, they still want to keep the Sabbath day truly holy. And so they made sure that that is automatic. It goes up and down. The lights go up and down also automatically in the house. 
you know, because all these things, because they want to make sure that they observe the law in a proper way. So with human ingenuity, they made sure that all these things were there. With human ingenuity, you already have, you know, food prepared and you put it in a refrigerator or you put it in a, you know, stove or wherever, so that there's no work being done on the Sabbath because they want to observe it. But the Lord says today, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the one who tells us in, inside of our hearts what we should do and what we should not do. But then as I say today, we don't rest. We don't observe the Sabbath day anymore. We don't observe as Christians a Sunday. We don't observe, you know, this, uh, people are doing all kinds of work, which means the very principle that, you know, that the Lord wants us to draw near to him, to honor him, to rest, to give our body, our mind rest. Sometimes we make Sundays completely different, just like a work day, and people do heavy duty work. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I was in a parish where somebody was re re renovating and remodeling the house and using all kinds of heavy duty equipment. And it was, you know, you could hear in the church because it was literally half a block away or using, you know, using lawnmowers and can't even hear the mass because sometimes lawnmowers are being used on Sunday. I think this is when we go the other way, where we could use some, some um, guidelines by the Lord to actually to live out our faith in a way that he desires and wishes. Now, I'd like to just speak to see how we can see this world in a new way through the prism also of, of special day today you know, special day because we observe the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the first Saturday of the month. I was visiting a friend and um, in the house, and and you know how it is today. There are not that many holy images, and you know, in the size of the homes, because you know, they're not exactly the the custom. It's not exactly the custom if you are following you know, the better homes or more beautiful homes or southern homes or whatever you have to do. There's no religious art there at all. But but in this case, I, I know this friend wanted to decorate the house, not only beautifully, which is actually beautiful, but there's some s sacred images that she wanted to have in her house. And one of them was the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. She received this, this image of Our Lady and it was in a house, it was in a room before in a nice place, but then she wanted to do something special. And all of a sudden she saw that the staircase, if you come to the house, you know, there's a living room and the whole works, but there's also a staircase going up to the second floor where the bedrooms are. And right as you go up to the top, there's a wall and there's a wall and then you can turn left and you see the rooms. The wall is there, and all of a sudden she felt inspired. She wanted to do something for Our Lady, and so what she did is she put an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe with a little two candles. But you can't light those candles because you know otherwise you'll burn the place. But they're nicely done. It's a beautiful decoration. And then she said, you know, I want to do something special. So she put a light, one of those. You know, it looks like a candle, but actually it's battery operated, and it shines on the face and the image. And so the minute you walk into the, into, the, into the place, you see a light, an image of Our Lady, and with a flickering light, all of a sudden this place became like a sanctuary. It's like a holy stairs leading to her. And, and it was so moving. It was something like from seeing the beauty 
to contemplating the reality, to adoring. It's almost like that. And 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 I, when I saw and I saw this 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 person, this friend, she looked up and how beautiful it was. She knelt down, and the only thing I could see is a someone adoring from the steps, which all of a sudden kind of transforming the house into being something special. Seeing with the new eyes, seeing with the new eyes that, that, that understand the reality. Yes, Blessed Mother is the mother of the Son of God. She's the one who receives special gifts for us. She was not only the home of her, of the, of the Son of God, she was she was the temple of the Holy Spirit. She's the one who is asking us and inviting us to contemplate the mystery of incarnation, to contemplate the mystery of God, the Son of God becoming one of us who brought us the new gospel, the new way. He's the way, he's the, he's the path by which we see things in new way, in new light. And you know, and, and so I, this, this image, brought such a joy to my heart because I see someone who, yes, there was an image there, but now all of a sudden becomes like an altar, like a temple, like a place, the path. And as you know, Christian art is very important for us because Christian art bespeaks of the incarnation itself. It bespeaks because Jesus became truly human and truly divine. I know some people say we should not be, you know, idol, idol worshipers. We should not have images, whatever it may be, because we don't, we don't honor image. We honor the reality behind. And the reality behind is Blessed Mother. We honor Jesus, not the, not the canvas, not the text, but we honor the reality behind you know, truly the iconic tradition. And so today I wanted to kind of share these things with you that the Lord may grant us the grace to see things in a new way, in a deeper way. We already have, because we are believers. You love the Lord, you are here, you want to honor him, but to see things in a, continually, asking the Lord that we may see through the eyes of our faith, but also through the eyes of love through the eyes of love, because seeing through the eyes of love develops within us compassion, tenderness, that we begin to see through the eyes of love because we see this is how God sees us, how merciful he is to us, how merciful and tender we should be towards one another, to see through the eyes of hope, where we see this reality in which we live, not only, not only that we know, you know, our homes and work and whatever we have, our our family members, and especially on this weekend, you know, Labor Day, trying to catch the last parts or days of of summer. Yes, we can see through the eyes of of your physical reality, but can we see also through the eyes of hope? And hope, what does hope give us? Hope gives us the that which we see in the future, what will, what we will be like what we shall participate, partake of. Hope gives us the awareness to see things, that there will be a banquet of life in, in, in a banquet of love in, in a life to come. There will be resurrection. We will be living with God. You know, that we can see the reality beyond the grave with an incredible, you know, insight. It's not just something that, yeah, I, it's there, but that we can contemplate, we can reflect on what the Lord has prepared for those who love, who love him. And especially we can see this, you know, through the eyes of Our Lady, because she already has completed the journey. Yes, 
she was born. Yes, she received extraordinary grace of being preserved from original sin. Yes, she was the mother of the Son of God because as the angel Gabriel came and overshadowed her by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can see what she gave not only birth, but she also walked the journey of faith with her son. She was at the, at the foot of the cross. She saw the sufferings of the Son of God. She also saw the resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so what we have is, may we see in Our Lady who can help us to develop our faith even to a deeper degree, that we may love the Lord, her Son, that we may love Him with such a love, tender love, that we will do set aside everything else which is not of him. And so here, the director on popular piety speaks in the following way on, on Saturdays, honoring Saturdays, especially for Saturday. It is a remembrance of the maternal example and discipleship of Blessed Virgin Mary, who strengthened by faith and hope on the great Saturday on which our Lord lay in the tomb was the one, the only one of the disciples to hold vigil in expectation of the Lord's resurrection. It is a prelude and introduction to the celebration of Sunday, the weekly memorial of the resurrection of Christ. It is a sign that Virgin Mary is continuously present and operative in the life of the church. And finally, the um, revelation of the, of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Mary says to, to Saint Lucia, She's not saying yet, but she's a candidate. Look, my daughter, at my heart, encircled by these thorns with which men pierce it every moment by their blasphemies and ingratitude. You at least strive to console me. And so I announce, I promise to assist at the hour of death with the grace necessary for salvation, all those who, with the intention of making reparations to me, will on the first Saturday of five consecutive months go to confession, receive Holy Communion, say five decades of the, of the rosary, and keep me company for 15 minutes while meditating on the 15 mysteries of the rosary. Father Chris will have today at 11 o'clock, as you know, we'll have a special celebration and service um, in honor of Our Lady for the first Saturday of the month. But today, let us ask the Lord that he may grant us this grace to see everything through his eyes, through the eyes of Blessed Mother, that we may see it through the eyes of our faith, our love and our hope, because it is the, it is the Lord himself who wants us to experience more and more that which he brought forth through the incarnation. He wants us to be like himself he wants us to enjoy the delight of the Father's love, to experience his merciful forgiveness, and to be united with him by the powerful grace through the Holy Spirit. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, 
I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.